Hello and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. Andy Gillard here. And with me, I've got Adam Price. Hello. And I've got Jordan Russell. Hello, everyone. And we've got little Dan. Oh, no, no, we haven't got little Dan. I think he may have passed out because he was hammered before half time. (laughs) So it's just the three of us at the moment. Whether or not we'll be joined by anybody else as we go along, only time will tell. Are we all good, lads? Oh, glorious mood. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, I feel, feel quite happy. It's always nice, isn't it, to beat them. So, as easy as it was as well, you can't really moan, can we? That's it. Very true. So, we've got a bit of the Villas to talk about in the first half. And then in the second half, we're going to have a quick look at the upcoming games for, for next week. So, yeah, we were at Villa Park today, where we ran away 1-0 victors. Again, in quite a, I don't want to say pedestrian, but let's be honest, they didn't really lay a glove on us, did they? No, I mean, taking a step back from it, I mean, the game wasn't great as a whole, but we, I think it just shows again how well we can control games, <clears throat> just in general. We can, we, we just seem to dictate the play from start to finish today. And um, like you say, Villa, nothing, had absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I do think that they, they will, the fact that they've got zero options up front will be their downfall. And they are, for me, nailed on. Nailed on for relegation now, Villa. Um, but just showed how we, we, just, we just controlled the game at ease. No, we just, in, in every area, we were better than today. And it's glorious. <laughs> Jordan, your initial opinions on the, the game? Um, <clears throat> I think efficiency is just, the, is just the key word. I think it's been that we could use that for all three performances post-lockdown now. We just... We seem to be in second gear, and uh, I mean, we know what we get. It seems like the first half, we might as well just fast forward it, and you can just start from the second half and go right. We'll play, we'll beat you over to forty-five minutes instead. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of that goes down to Nuno. He's like a <clears throat> chess player, isn't he? It's, it's almost like he knows what he's doing, like you know what how the game's going to unfold, unfold before he even starts it, and it's just yeah, you know. Four got like three, three out of three, four goals, no goals against. I don't think anyone's laid a glove on us. Just, yeah, let's roll on to next week. Yeah, it has been the dream start, really. I mean, I think a few of us had hoped that we might get maybe seven points and go undefeated on the break. So nine points, you know, absolutely delighted, especially with three clean sheets. I know we had a bit of a sticky patch prior to the uh, the lockdown and the, the return of Big Willie, um, but. We, with him back in the team, we just look streets ahead of anyone. Um, just can't, they just don't seem to be able to be broken down, which is such a great thing that sets us up for the rest of the season. We've got something to build on. Been yeah. absolutely delighted with it. I just love how organised we are at the back. Um, like you're saying, in these three games, never really, uh, never really had any danger. Never really come close to conceding. And I just love the fact that we just look so efficient and organised and like you say with Bolly I saw I just saw before we come on air that eight games since come back and seven clean sheets which is just it's ridiculous isn't it really it really and is I think it's been said before he's like probably the second best <laughs> defender in the league and I, you know we probably won't have anything said against that otherwise because he's just imperious imperious and coupled with, all, with who else we've got in the back line the communication and Sacey's aggression yeah, a code is communication, sorry. Um, 
it's just great. It's just it's just all clicked that back three with Patricio behind them. It's just clicked, and I just love how organised we are from there forward as a team. The whole organisation and communication just flows through the team. Yeah, and I think that take a bit of a an NFL analogy. Um, you know, they say defense wins championships. And I know we haven't won the league, obviously, or anywhere near Liverpool. Um, but you know, it's the foundation, isn't it? Of, you know, if you don't concede a goal, you've always got a chance of winning a game. And again, we didn't really create a hell of a lot really today. Um, but if you don't concede a goal, you only need one chance. And if you put it away, you're going to get three points. And that's what we've done all, you know, these three games. It's all, almost been like a mirror image, really. Built ourselves into the game, give ourselves a solid foundation. And then, you know, we just create a bit of magic or a bit of, a, you know, a bit of an opportunity. And we've been taking them, which is brilliant. Um, nine points out of nine. And long may that continue. Mm. I think that's a very good point, actually, when you look at how we've, how we've played over the three games. I can only really remember two chances against West Ham, two chances against Bournemouth, and only really one chance that stood out today. So, yeah, we've been... like I'm going to say efficiency as well, because I feel left out that you've both said it, and I haven't yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, efficiency is just... It's the key word. Yeah, it well, is. We'll... Sorry, I was just going to say, like it is the key word, because you still feel like there's levels to for us to go to and it's almost like we're playing pockets where and not necessarily so much today but definitely against Bournemouth and West Ham like we're sort of playing pockets of we have a 10-15 minute spell where right we're going to try and win the game now um, or we're going to put some pressure on and we're going to go on the front foot and then we sort of just stick to our shape um, yeah, we're un- unpenetrable is the word I think and that's sort of what they were saying on the BT commentary as well like Glenn Hoddle said like we don't give up any chances and Villa that they do lack quality and today, you know, they put a few balls in the box and they've tried and they've probed a little bit, but we never, I never felt like in any danger we were going to concede a goal today at any point mm. throughout the 90 minutes. And that's, again, that's testament to how we play as a unit. Yeah, I mean, really, for me, their best chances came. They had a couple of balls into the boxes that fell to Courtney House. That was really all that they had. I know they had a couple of longer distance shots, but you need to do something special to beat Rui from that sort of distance from a Grealish when he was cutting in. So, yeah, th- there was never any doubt that it, we were coming away with a clean sheet for me. What I will say is that um, for probably, if the cows and the whites go in for the next game, I probably won't tune in until start the second half. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny how it's going, isn't it? The fact that you can almost put your mortgage on it that uh, first half is just going to finish nil-nil. And whether that's the game plan or not, I don't, I don't know. But it's it's just it's fascinating, really, how first half just not a lot seems to happen. And we've we've all saw the um, or most of us probably saw the uh, the stats on online. You can see on on the internet. But we are we are officially the worst first half team in the league. But then with a third best, or maybe even higher now after today. But even at least the third best away team in the league. It's crazy, really, because you just think second half, something just changes, whether it's not we'll bring Trey Roy on or there's some sort of uh, some, some tactical move. And we, we've managed to find a winner every time. It's amazing, really. But obviously, long may it continue because it's serving us well. Yeah, I, I echo those comments. I mean, for us to be the bottom of the form table in any sort of sense, but still be sat in fifth in the actual real table <laughs> is mental. Yeah, and I think that what might, where this might stem from <clears throat> as well is the fact that with that spell didn't mean sort of 
September, October time where we were conceding first every game and we were chasing games. Like I'm thinking about Everton away, Chelsea at home, Burnley at home. Like we were conceding the first goal and we were a bit sloppy, to be quite honest with you, for our standards. And I think that maybe that's part of it as well that we've we've come back from the break and Nuno's just seen it as right. You can certainly lose a game in the first half, but you're not necessarily going to win it. So mm. he's kept us in the games. Say kept us in the games. We, we've been very much in the game, but we've been quite conservative. And then we just know that we've got the quality off the bench or even within the team um, that starts just to, like I say, play in pockets of 10, 15 minute spells and actually go and win a game. And then we can, you know, take our foot off the gas again and just control the game. Mm. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's really, really good to see. So yeah, I think actually we can discuss what did we think of the initial lineup? Were we happy to see Adama drop to the bench and go with the three in the middle? I can understand why why he does it. Because we, I mean, the obvi- let's take the obvious point first is that we have a lot of games. That, this was like the last game in a week, so I guess Nuno's probably just thinking not just tactically but also for for Traore in that. Can he do what he does consistently uh, to 100% over three games? And he's chopped and changed it. And obviously, it's worked out fine today. Um, I can understand why he put Dendonker in, because he normally can give you that anchor in midfield. But I thought today that he actually played quite advanced. I did see him getting the ball or, or just being present in the final third of the pitch quite a lot. <clears throat> and... The obvious saying also goes that to ha- have someone like Traore on the bench to bring off uh, when it's when the game's now old, well, that's probably one of the best options any team could ever have. I mean, he, he probably he he himself as a player would not want to be tagged as this super sub. He will want to be starting games all the time. But you can see he's obviously listening to what Nuno's telling him, and he's understanding where Nuno's coming from. In that, look, you know, today. You're on the bench today because I'm doing. This. I'm approaching the game like like this, and it just seems to be that whenever they, whenever he comes on, it, it just straight away clicks and turns in our favour. So I, I, I could understand it. I mean, I guess we'll probably come on to it in a minute, talking about more, more about other individual players. But um, I guess Jota would will need to take his chances soon because you know, obviously his his place might come under further scrutiny, but. Um, as a whole, yeah, I, I, I was happy with the team. I was happy that that Trevor would be that sub option, and obviously, ultimately, um, Bournemouth in our favour. Yeah, for me, I think that uh, I was quite happy with the fact that we went three five two, seeing Villa change it up a little bit because it's the first time they played with two up front all year. Um, they played with like a narrow diamond, and actually, probably helped us to have that additional man in there, I think. Um, not saying that I don't think we could have coped with it anyway, playing 3-4-3, but I do think it possibly helped us to have that extra man in there. Um, and, yeah, sort of, then Donker, you know what you're getting from him? He's very industrious. He's not flashy, um, but he does a cracking job anytime he plays for us. And he took his goal really well today. And I think that yeah, he's one of the unsung heroes in this squad. The fact that he'll slot in at centre-half, he'll slot in in the midfield, and he'll always do a job, I think, personally. <coughs> I think he's always, you know, 7 out of 10. Um, arguably, arguably today, I thought he was man of the match. It's either between him and Johnny, in my opinion, anyway. And, um, 
yeah, it's good to see someone of not the normal cast, I guess, getting the goals and getting the plaudits that actually, you know what, Johnny's, you know, Johnny sold McGinn down the river and then he got himself on the Jimenez's ball and laid it off to Dendonka. It's good to see. Normally it's Doherty, Troy, or Jimenez, um, Jota, Neto, who are getting all the plaudits, but it's good to see the, you know, the people who probably don't get spoke up about as much actually get the rewards today. Yeah, I thought Johnny was outstanding today. I mean, he looked like a young Ryan Giggs. Some of the tricks he was pulling out, the the stepovers, the turns, the back heels. It was like he's just this a, a really not flashy at all left back. But he was pulling out stuff that I would have expected from some of the top left wingers in the in the league. He was outstanding. And on BT, I think it was um, Joe Cole when he slowed it down and he was on the pad showing the movement. And you saw when he, he dropped his shoulder and did McGinn and then played the ball off. We had two players in our half, at, in Villa's half at that point. So we only had Traore and Jimenez. And then you just saw Dendonka and Johnny come from out of nowhere to get ahead of everybody. And they were the ones who were then on the 18-yard line. It was incredible their work right today. And I mean, I'd love to see Dendonka's stats as well on how much he puts out in his mileage. Incredible. Well, that um, that back heel he did, like I say, it was, it was to McGinn, wasn't it? The start started the move off for the goal. Oh, that was incredible. And then, like I say, he's popping up all over the place. He had he had a fantastic game. And for, for me, I, I I gave my man of the match to, to Dendonka because I thought he was, I thought he was just everywhere. He was all over the pitch. He was. Um, I thought he just had a great game for us. Now, I am tough for Dendonka, really, as well, because I know that when he, when he first joined, um, it, it was quite a slow starter, wasn't he? A bit of a slow burner mm. because um, fitness issues and he had to get up to speed with the philosophy of Nuno. Um, probably kind of the same thing that we're seeing at the moment with, with Pedence. But, you know, when, when the time comes, as he grabbed it um, and... I was just really tough for him, like I say, because sometimes he can be the full guy in, in the team. If you want to play Neves and Matinho in the middle, you know he's mm. the obvious make weight, isn't he? He, he always tends to, to give way. Um, but like you say, he's, he's also quite versatile in, in how he can slot in at the back and in midfield. So I thought, yeah, definitely. Han- Johnny and, and Dendonka were, was our, our best two players on the pitch, really. Um, yeah, and I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that Pedendonka getting getting his goal as well because I know he doesn't tend to shoot very often, but I've noticed when he does have a dig, he's got quite a potent shot on him as well. Yeah, when when he took that on his left foot, I was thinking this is going to Rosehead because <laughs> we've only ever really seen him use his right foot, so I wasn't expecting mm. that sort of magic from his uh, his left boot. But bloody hell, he dug that one. Well impressed with it. So, gents, we're joined by another of the Fancastians, Mr. Ryan Hooper. Are you OK, Hoops? Really good, really good. How are we doing, gents? All good, All good thanks. All right, what time do you call this? I know, I know. <laughs> well, I was just thinking whether or not I was um, an, an impact sub who's going to make a difference, or maybe a sub or just play to corners to get us to the end of the pod. But um, I'm here anyway to, to steer us through, gents. Excellent. So we're currently talking about the whole, well, the Villa game, as you would imagine. Uh, 
but we've we've just been discussing really that we think that Johnny and Dendonka were probably the standouts today. Who stood out for you? Yeah, I think those two. I mean, yeah, Dendonka is always always a player that I like, and I think he was an interesting one because you know he chips in with the odd goal, which isn't really his sort of uh, uh, domain as such. He's there, I think, perhaps to just tighten things up and to keep. Grealish um, quite in this example but you, you might have eulogised about Johnny and I think he's been so consistent and, and that set up for the goal um, you know I think was, was, was vital today so I think those two re- really stood out so I, I would I would go along with that I think there were some quiet performances out there Matinho did a good job ticking over as well so he's probably worth a mention but um, yeah I thought Johnny and, and Donk were excellent today Excellent. And what were your thoughts on this starting lineup? Like, obviously, dropping Dendonk, uh, dropping Adama to the bench. How did you feel about that? It's easy to say, you know, off the back of a win and, and him getting a goal that it was it was a good call. You know, it's easy to say that now in sort of retrospect. But at the time, I thought it was a good decision. It's one we spoke about on the podcast previous, and it's all about management, isn't it, of a player? So. You know, there's the school of thought where Adama's been so effective that you start, you 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 know, you, in theory, your best eleven. But I think psychologically, when you've got a team on the ropes and and you know you're not struggling to have him in re- revert, you know, reserve, so to speak, he's great. And I think just with what Villa were offering today, <laughs> and they played a more attacking formation than one that they'd played previous, I thought it was the right call, and I think that's been borne out in the results. Mm, well, that's fair. Um, I want to give you all a quote from Mr. Dean Smith and see what you think of this. Mm-hmm. We were unfortunate in losing the game. We probably had as many attempts as they had. We more than matched Wolves. We're the only team who's played four games in 11 days. So th- thank you very much for that. Jordan, would you like to kick us off on your opinions on uh, Dean Smith's comments after the game? Well, <clears throat> he said it before the game as well. Um, watching the BT coverage, like I thought, it was so weird. Like when he went to him pre-match, he was like, "Yeah, well, we, you know, it's our fourth game in eleven days, and I thank the Premier League for that. No one else has had to do it." And I'm like, "Mate, like everyone's in the same boat. Like literally, it's because you had, you know, why you're playing four games in eleven days? Because you had a game in hand, you bloody knobhead. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's true, though, isn't it? It's like that's why you're playing four games in eleven days. You had a game to catch up with against Sheffield United, where you got a point out of it when he shouldn't have. So, it's just, yeah, he'd almost set himself up for the excuse before, you know, after the game. And as soon as you come on, I mean, the amount of times he said, we've played four games in 11 days in a minute and a half snippet, he must have said it about six, seven times. And you're like, I actually like Dean Smith um, as a manager when he was at Brentford and stuff. And I think that when we came up um, from the Championship, they were... The first half that we played them at home, I don't know if people can remember, but I thought they were brilliant. And the way they played, and that's why he got that Villa job, just the way he got Brentford playing. Um, it seems to have gone to Villa, or it seems like this this season, looking at a Villa team, there's no identity to that team. Like, the chopping and changing. And don't get me wrong, there is a lack of quality there. But you can't really feel sorry for a team that go and spend over £100 million um, to be that bad. And... They've, they've wasted a lot of money on players, and I think, yeah, I just he, he's. I think he's slowly losing the plot. Is my point. I think that he's. He, I think he's defeated. I think he's beat up, and I think he's resigned to the fact that they're probably going down now. 
So yeah, it's just sour grapes, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah, massively. I, I think that. Um, <clears throat> so he'll have known. He's known for a long time there with what the fixture list will be post lockdown, and he'll have known for a long time that he'll have this clutch of games together. And like, like, we, like a lot of the teams have had three and eleven, and like Jordan just said, he's had an extra one because of the game in hand. So he knows full well this is this is this is the coming. This is how this, the fixtures have been panned out, and we're all relatively in the same boat. So to, to say pre-game as well as post-game. You know, he's already setting his stall out now to to say this this is a mitigating factor, and and it can't be because say we've known for a long time this is how the fixtures are, are, are borne out, and he's just got a very very poor squad basically. <laughs> like I say, he spent all like hundreds hundred plus million, and yet he's neglected to get any strikers of any note. You know, I appreciate they've had an injury to one, but. They're just so light up front. As I said at the start, start before, as soon as we come here, that that will be the downfall. The fact that he just has nothing up front. They never just look like they never look close to scoring, and not just today. That it's for previous games. So, yeah, I do think that as we've said, he's just getting the excuses in now. Trying, he's just trying to deflect. It's pure deflection tactics, really, just to try and put the onus on someone else rather than his own ineptitude of trying to, you know, properly get a manageable squad together. Mm. And really, it should be, at this point, it should be his team. He's had a few transfer windows. Obviously, they lost a lot of players in the summer. So when they when they were able to rebuild, they were rebuilt with the players he wanted. Mm. So I think he's trying to cover his own arse rather than just admit, I'm not good enough. Who's, he's a man under Pressure. Yeah, sorry, Andy. Yeah, just to echo that, and I think to to Jordan's point there, he, he's a man under pressure, isn't he? You know, and I think you could see it with the body language on the touchline. And we've been in position as fans where we've seen managers under pressure, and you know, I think of Saunders, and you think of the sound bites he came out with, and 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 then to me that kind of struck a chord. So I think. Yeah, Smith is still a relatively young manager and he's had a, a decent credentials. He's at a big club, he's at his boiled club, he spent the money, he's under pressure and you're going to act and you're going to say things when you're under pressure. So for, for me, I take his comments with a pinch of salt and put them into context of this is a man who's probably on a bit of a tightrope, isn't he? So I think what he said is born out of pressure and you can see it's getting to him. Yeah, I think that um, I've just seen it a tweet from Mr. Spears, who has done the odd fancast appearance previously. It feels pertinent to point out that this was Wolves' 51st game of the 1920 season, which started on the 25th of July 2019, and we've used just 20 players. So it just seems like such a piss-poor excuse from Smith when, <laughs> granted, I know we've all had this break, but we still have had the most games of anybody in this division and we're still doing so much better his only excuse should be our team is shit <laughs> and especially when you imagine our, our season could stretch into August yeah. should, should we do well in the uh, the mini Europa League extravaganza tournament um, but yeah no I, I, I agree he's, he's just he's, he's just not getting it right is he they had high hopes for him at Villa Um 
but he's just again. I just say he's he's just he's just got a dysfunctional playing squad, and I don't mean dysfunctional in the dressing room, as in he's just not got the right tune out of all the players that he's got. That's the thing. Yeah. No, watching been today. I've watched um, watched them against Sheffield United, and um, I watched them against Chelsea as well. I actually don't know, and I don't want to turn this into like a Villa bashing or whatever, but. I genuinely can't tell you what they're trying to achieve. Like they haven't got an idea. You know, you watch Wolves and it's very we know what we're gonna do, very structured. Mm. You know, we'll go to Cody or Neves, we'll switch that wide, we'll play a few triangles, and that's how we work our pitch. Watching Villa, I just don't think they've got there was just no identity or no persistent route of I suppose trying to get a goal today. It was just very they lubbed the ball up a few times and then yeah. They just weren't very good, were they? Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So I think ultimately what we're saying is Villa are definitely going down. Down, so. down, yeah. down, down, yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to, to wrap up the Villa chat, who are you giving the Man of the Match award to? Hoops, do you want to kick it off? The one player that you think was above and beyond. I, I, I think it was close between Johnny and, and, and Dendonka, but... On, on the basis that he's got the goal, I'm going to go with Dendonka. Pricey? Yeah, same. I mean, we spoke at the start, didn't we, that Dendonka and Johnny were the two two standouts. But I think because of Dendonka's work rate being all over the pitch, he benefited from playing a bit more advanced today by getting the goal. So I, I think it is a much-deserved man of the match. George? Yeah, if he's got a goal in a derby winner, I think then Don Craster shared it. But yeah, doffing the cap to my man Johnny as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll give quick mention to Sace because he was walking a tightrope. <laughs> One more booking today and he was a two-match ban and he went through it with a plum. I know he was never really troubled, but it's Sace. There's every chance he's going to get booked. But it's a clean sweep for Dendonka. I thought, he was, I thought he was going to be nailed on for a yellow card today as well, say. So I thought as what soon as they said it. Yeah, I thought yeah. being like Grealish, being in and about, you know, that area of the pitch potentially, you know, swapping over wings, I thought there's going to be a flashpoint somewhere between Grealish and Sace. But they never really crossed swords too much, did they? So no. I reckon if um, if Grealish had switched wings, then we, we, could have, um, we could have had a yellow card fest over that side of the pitch, but it was not to be. No. So we'll have a quick break there and then we'll come back and we'll look at the next three games. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Com. Welcome back. So, the next three games, 
I quite like the fact that the season is now seems to be broke up into we'll have a three great game period, we'll have a week off, three games. It's a bit more regimented. I don't know why, but I kind of dig that. So our next three games, and we'll just pull it up, is we've got Arsenal at home next Saturday at 5.30. We've got Sheffield United away on the Wednesday at 6pm. And then the following Sunday, we've got Everton at home at 12pm. So... Let's just do a very quick prediction. How many points do you think we're going to walk away with out of nine? Hoops, would you like to start us there? I'm going to go with seven. Okay. Who do you think we're going to drop points to? I would say Arsenal because I think they're they're in good form at the moment. So I think, um, I say they're in good form at the moment. It's a bit shitty, isn't it, really? Because they've come back. But in terms of the restart, they, they, they had a, you know, um, a reverse win, didn't they? Southampton and then obviously they didn't start so well. But yeah, um, with how things are, are going, um, a draw and I think two wins. Cool. Adam, what have you got for those three? Yeah, I've got seven. Um, I actually think we'll beat Arsenal because I, I don't think they I don't think they are looking in, in great form to be honest but I mean I just think I mean what was it I mean they, they, they got beaten by was it, was, was it Man City was it and then Brighton mm-hmm. and then I just think at the minute they're a bit of a dysfunctional team I mean do we know if David Lewis is going to play against us because that'll be a help if he does play um, I can see us beating Sheffield United because I mean, they've had they've just been terrible. They've not been their, their performance selves, have they? Since they've they've come back, or was it since the return? And I can just I can see a draw against Everton. For, for, I just for the, the minute I just see Everton as being this really dull, dairy team, and you know, I don't really see them. I, I just see that game being an absolute bore fest and nailed on nil nil. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's relatively positive outlook, and I know I'm genuinely positive about Wolves all the time anyway. So, yeah, I think seven, seven from nine would be a pretty good return for us. Jordan, what have you got? Nine. Excellent, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> oh, he's no, trumped me. Trumped me. And the reason being, I think that Arsenal are very much a team in transition. I think they're a team in transition with not a lot to, well, nothing to play for, to be honest with you. Um, Aubameyang don't want to be there. They're just a bit all over the gaff at the minute, to be quite honest with you. Arteta, they need the end of the season. Arteta needs to flush the shit out, basically, and start mm. again. Um, that's when you can judge Arteta as a manager, I think, from next season. You can't judge him at the minute because it's not his squad. And there's obviously players that don't want to be there. Sheffield United are in complete free fall. And again, the break was the worst thing that could have ever happened to them. And the lack of fans as well. Mm. They've had a brilliant season. I think Chris Wilder's a genius. Um, but again, they're probably out of the contention now for Europe. Well, I say that, but I can't see them stringing together a positive amount, like positive row of results to actually keep up with us. You know, Wolves, Man U, and Chelsea just keep winning at the minute. Um, and then Everton. That same category. I just don't think they've got a lot to play for. It could be a nil-nil and. The Merseyside derby, they managed to stink the place out with Liverpool, didn't they, to be fair? Um, they could yeah. do it again at Molyneux. So, I think they, they, this is the point of the season now where you get to those, it gets a bit weird with results because you've got either teams at the top or teams at the bottom who seem to pull off results. And you've got that middle tier of teams who 
well, they want to be on the beach if they can fly, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not, it'll, have to, it'll, it'll have to be a UK beach. Yeah. Well, hopefully not Bournemouth beach. Uh, there's too maybe, many on there. Yeah, maybe they might get to like um, a haven in Wales or whatever this year. Who knows? <laughs> um, but no, in all in all seriousness, you do get that sort of weird spell, don't you? So like, you can probably throw Everton, Palace, trying to think mm. it, Burnley. You know those sort of teams where they haven't got a lot to play for, really, and you'll probably see them rotating and trying out a new a few things so I, I truly believe momentum's on our side and we've we've got a purpose to and a real push for the Champions League spots I think we've got impetus just to you know no matter what happens just keep pushing for it so it could favour us I think I think you can see can't you the, uh, the players they just believe that they believe in getting to the top four five, or could even be you know Top five could get us to the Champions League. We, we, we don't yet know, will we? But you can just see in the players that in like the their interviews and and their the manner that, that they believe they believe they can do yeah. it. They believe they can get there. And all right, you know, there's Man United and and more so Chelsea to contend with. But you can just see that that they they believe that we just keep doing what we're doing. What we're doing works and. Uh, there's no reason to, to, to change anything that we're doing at the moment. I just think it's great. You can just see the belief in the whole players and the management staff that that we can we can get that top four, top five spot. And uh, yeah, even if we don't, even if we say we don't get it, it's, we're still we're still progressing from from last season. You can see the the progression. You can see you can clearly see it. We're just getting we're getting better and better all, all the time. So I just think it's great. It's really great. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say nine points as well. Um, <clears throat> Arsenal, I think, as has already been pointed out, looked like a team who were, to be perfectly honest, just all over the shop. Dysfunction is their name. They're just... <laughs> I mean, Gwendouz is one of their better players and he just looks like he's losing the plot a little bit. I mean, I don't even know. Has he been? Has he picked up a ban or anything for grabbing more pay around the neck? No, he's been... got away with it. No. I don't okay. think so. I'm quite surprised at that because the growth in the um, sorry, I was going to say this shows the growth in Wolves as a team because, like you're saying there, like Gwen Doozy, like I, I, realistically, how many Arsenal players get in our eleven now? Aubameyang. That's probably about it. Yeah, possibly. That's what I mean. It's like it's, yeah. it's, it's staggering to think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, to think Championship two seasons ago, how far we've progressed is incredible. Yeah. Sheffield United, I think, as you've pointed out, I think the fans played a big part in their home games because it's such a small ground and it is quite intimidating. But obviously, without the fans, I can see us walking away with three points there because we are a better team. Player for player, we are a better team. Everton, Ancelotti is a bit of a draw specialist since he's been there from what I can remember. But I, I can't imagine they're going to lay a glove on us down our end of the pitch. But it's going to be attack versus defence, us against them. And I back Nuno and his boys to break down any team at the minute. So he takes one chance, especially when you've got the likes of Raul or... Uh, I mean, Dendonka from deep as well. He's proved today what he can do. So I'm more than happy to say we'll get nine points out of nine out of the next three. So the next question I was going to ask you, if we are going to make it into this top four, top five... Obviously, the three places that are up for grabs, we're looking at Leicester, Chelsea and Man United. Of those three, who are we going to push out of the way? 
Do you think we'll finish third? Do you think we'll get above all three of them? Do you think we'll finish fourth? Who do you think will finish above and below? Jordan, who, who are you thinking is the uh, the vulnerable parties or are all of them vulnerable? I think they're all, I think everyone's vulnerable. At, well, no, to be honest with you, the most vulnerable at the minute is Leicester because they weren't in great form before the lockdown and they haven't come back in any great shapes either. Um I said this probably around Christmas time um, on the podcast, and I definitely said it on Love Sport. Um, I genuinely think that 1-11, to we're the third best team in the league. I genuinely believe that, and I still do now. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong, like, I think people, you know, you know, some of these teams have got deeper squads than us. But I look at it, and I, I don't see any reason why we can't come third. Like, we're only three points now off Leicester, and I know we played a game more, um, but all we want to be in, really, as a Wolves fan, is just we just want it to be in our hands, don't we? Going into that last game at Chelsea, because if you got set offered me, you got to beat Chelsea to to get in the Champions League next year. As crazy as that sounds, yeah, beginning of the season, you definitely take it because I feel confident that on a one-off game, I think I think we can. I know they battered us um, earlier on in the season, but that was a different Wolves team completely to what we're seeing now and I feel very, you know as long as it's all we want to do is give as long as it's in our hands come that final game of the season I feel like we're going to do it personally so potentially we could push out all three of them or you know I, I genuinely think we'll, we're going to do it that, that's my honest opinion I'm loving this confidence it's fucking ecstatic <laughs> it's brilliant no, uh, probably probably you... optimism, but, uh, yeah. I do believe it so. <clears throat> good Pricey, are you going to bring us down to earth and tell us we're not going to do it, or what um, do you, you reckon? Well, you know me, in the group chat, I'm king of the positive club, aren't I? I'm always, <laughs> I'm champing it, and do you know what, it's, it's a lot harder to be to be, to be be positive, to be honest, because if it doesn't go your way, you, you can be left with a bit of egg on your face, so I'm, I'm sticking my neck out, as, as I usually do, and I'm saying that, yeah, we can do it, there's no reason why we can't do it. I think of who's vulnerable, purely of who is directly next to us. Obviously, we're looking at Man United, but I, I think Leicester as well. I think Chelsea will be all right, I've got to say. I can just see them getting over the line. But I think Leicester have shown that they just haven't clicked since since the restart. And I think Man United... I'm always a bit suspicious of Man United. I know they've improved a bit, but I, I can't profess to know who they've got left to play, but... I just think they're going to slip up along the way, and I can't and, and I can't see us slipping up. I'm just so this this is the thing with me and this Wolves team. Whoever we're up against, I think we're, we're just going to win. And I always put it on our group chat. I just think we're going to win because I I just love and adore this team. And I I, I just let's like say the one to eleven. I think we've got a chance against anyone in this league. As as you know, as we've shown against the big dogs, you mm. know, Man City and, and giving Liverpool two good games. I just think we can do it. I, I think we'll probably. I think we could get fourth. I just think that Leicester will fall away, and I just I, I, I can see Man United just having the slip up. So yeah, yeah, very very positive mm-hmm. outlook for me. So looking at Man United's fixtures, they've got uh, obviously they've, they've got, got Norwich tonight. They, yeah, yeah, they have. They've got Norwich tonight, but that's FA Cup. They've got Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Palace, West Ham, and then they've got Leicester City on the final day of the season. So Man United are going to have a big say in the relegation battle. 
Clubs in the relegation zone, obviously, they're going to be battling for their lives. So it's not inconceivable that they may slip up, but United have looked decent since coming back. I can see Brighton beating them. Yeah. I can see Brighton beating United. I wouldn't be massively surprised. Mm. If I'm honest, I hope they win tonight and they stay in the FA Cup. I hope they have just like a logjam of fixtures. Because <laughs> I think that will work in our favour. Hoops, what are your opinions? How do you think we're going to finish the season compared to the rest? Yeah, I for, for me, I think United just feel like they've got their shit together for me. I just feel like they're going to have a good... Um, end of season, so and then I think the fixtures on on paper look look favourable. Um, so I would probably echo the thoughts of perhaps Le- Leicester, but I mean to to the point with Wolves, the the confidence is built on uh, what we've seen. You know, it's it. This isn't any sort of blind faith, or this isn't any bias. This is just facts. It's what we've seen over the last couple of years. It's it's the performances that we've put in. It's the performances where you think maybe this game is one step too far. You know, we go away to Besitas and then we go and win at the Etihad. You know, we've seen so much and I think what you, the, you've all, all said really is the group is harmonious. The group just feels you know or as, as, as one pack, as cheesy as it sounds. And and so I, I don't, you can't write us off, can you really? So I'm, I'm really confident in terms of where we're at now because I just feel we just look like we're such a solid unit. But I would say in terms of our competition, then I think United, I think I'll have a strong finish. And I think out of the, the other two, then it would be potentially Leicester. So I, I think 4 4 is, is certainly realistic. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Hoops. I mean, United look like they've clicked with the Fernandez Pogba pairing in the middle. Mm. I, I don't know why they've been linked with other centre midfielders, if I'm honest, because if they can keep those two there next season, I think that's very much the future for them. So I do think United might push on to third. They've just got that extra game on us, so I think they might be in the driving seat. Chelsea have shown all season they're inconsistent. I mean, they've beat Man City, obviously, in the week, which was... Excellent for them because they looked in part like they were going to get done over, but they did show some resilience. But that's a very young team, so I wouldn't be surprised if we could overturn them. And Leicester just seem to have lost all cohesion, which it's weird. But Leicester have got like plus 30 on their uh, their goal difference, which astounded me. Mm. If they can refine their form, they will be difficult, but I don't see them refining the form. I don't know what it is. They just look like they've lost it. So I think I think we'll get top four, if I'm honest. I don't think we'll have to win the Europa League. That will just be an added bonus when we do win the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> right. OK, so let's move on and we'll do a Twitter corner. Let's just see what we've had. OK. So I'm going to butcher this name. Colin Beer or Bayer. I'm not 100% sure. And I do apologise for that, Colin. Wouldn't the Donk Man be a better complement to one of Neves Matinho in a 3-4-3 than they are to each other? Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts? Is Dendonka a, a better option in a two-man midfield than either one or the other? No, is the simple answer for me. <laughs> um, and the reason for that is... Um, I don't think Dendonka's... How we play... Um, if you rely, I don't think Dendonk is anywhere near as good on the ball as Matinho or Neves. Mm. So I think actually playing a three-four-three 
we'd lose that genuinely. I think if you take them apart, even if you took Neves or Martinho out, you would see a difference and a bit of a drop off. Not to say that Dendonka can come in if one of them got injured or suspended or whatever like that and do a you know a sterling job, but I don't see him as a replacement for one of those two. If I'm being perfectly honest. I agree. I really like Dendonka. I think he's a great player. And if he had to come in for them, if one was injured or suspended, I wouldn't be worried. But I think with Neves and Matinho, they're both very good defensively, very good attacking. Whereas I'm not sure that Dendonka is as good at either of those two aspects to be um, like a long-term replacement for them. Price, what do you think? I think... It almost, as Nuno has been showing, sometimes it can not. It's not just as simple as who's who's better, who'd you rather have. It can be a case of horses for courses. So sometimes the game might call for just a Neves and Matinho in the middle, but then there are games, kind of like like today maybe, where it does call for for, for Dendonka to start, and we change the formation round. Um, so you know, I'm quite happy to be to be led by by Nuno on this, and I'm. I think that they all offer different sort of attributes, don't they? So you, you can't expect say Matinho to go round the pitch as much as Dendonka would, because he'd be knackered. Mm. And he's Dendonka's obviously much more mobile and, and faster than Neves as well. So obviously, it purely depends. I mean, this this may be a bit of a, like sitting on the fence answer, but it just purely depends on who it is that we're actually, you know, actually playing. And it's just, again, it's just good squad management by, by Nuno and the fact that he's keeping them all happy or, you know, mostly happy just to say, yeah, on some games, you know, I might, this my plan might be this. So I might go with this formation, these players, but then next game it could, it could completely change. Hoops, what are your opinions? Uh, it's, it's a difficult one. I think for me... <sighs> I would argue that Dendonka has been more consistent than Neves if you if you compare him. But the, the, as as you guys have mentioned, you know that they are very difficult players, and that with, with Neves, you always want to keep him on the pitch because he's got something in his locker which which others haven't got. Mm. So I think out of the two, you know, I don't think it's a question of Matinho because I think Matinho, with his consistency and what he offers the team and how he impacts the team in terms of the link and keeping things ticking over, then I, I think Moutinho would be hard-pressed to, to, to move out until Moutinho decides he wants to leave. You know, <laughs> I think he has that shirt until, until whenever. Um, and there was been times in the career when you we thought, well, OK, Moutinho and Neves, do, do they work? But, you know, you know, I, I think ultimately, as much as I like Dendonker, it's a nice luxury to have. And I think Neves' form at times has been inconsistent. And I've been saying perhaps it's for him to come out. But nine times out of ten, you know, with these decisions, Nuno gets them right more than nine times out of ten. So I think at this moment in in time, if you can incorporate Dendonka as an additional player, as you know, and, and take a Traore out for the particular game tactically, then I would do that rather than sacrifice either Neves or Martinia. I think that's fair. I mean, personally, I think since maybe October, November, I think Neves has arguably been our player of the season or maybe the most consistent player in the team. But if you look at last season and the start of this season, he was a little bit hot and cold. But I do think he's found his his rhythm in the team now. But um, 
yeah, I, I'm happy, more than happy to, to bow down to Nuno on that one. Uh, we've got a message from uh, our old friend, Alex Moore. Hope you're doing well, Alex. In life after football, which current player would make a good RoboCop? Uh, hoops, who do you see a, say, a future RoboCop out of the, the Wolves team at the moment? Wow. Um, this is one for, I think, your your podcast. This is if you want to give I'm, it a I'm plug. going to plug my new podcast uh, in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's got that covered. And yeah. he's a film guru in, in this context, as I'm killing for time here. Um, Trey Ray is probably the, the guy you just look at as being, is he is he a man or is he a robot? So for that one, I think Trey Ray. I think that's fair. Uh, Pricey? I've got, I'm torn between two, I think, because RoboCop, bleh, like I say, it would help, wouldn't it? If RoboCop <laughs> is quite stiff and upright. So that immediately, I think of Dendonka when I think of that, because the way he walks is quite stiff and upright. But I think as a kind of, you shall not pass, you're not getting past me, and a law and order man, well, an enforcer, I'll look at Willy Bolly for that. I think Willy Bolly would make a great, yeah. great RoboCop app for me, definitely. Jordan, who's your RoboCop in the current team? Jordan, you there, mate? He's on mute. You're mute. I've hit the mute button, haven't I? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go... I, uh, oh well um, I'm going to go for a member of staff I'm going to go for oh. Julio Figueroa yeah, <laughs> looks, it just looks like he could kill a man and I don't know why he's got that evil stare he looks like the he always reminds me of the, the evil bloke off um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the, the original one who, who Charlie <laughs> fixed his face in with the, the golden ticket for so yeah I think he'd make a good Robocop a good shout just yeah like I, I like that <laughs> he could be yeah. um like the um, the white ninja guy in The Simpsons, he just stands there in the background, and he's just <laughs> come out. He's gonna do something. <laughs> I think I'd go with uh, Rui Patricio for that very much because nothing gets past him, and he looks like a movie star anyway, doesn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have any questions that you need answering about films, you can catch me, Stu, and Matt on Cage Fighting, which is our new podcast. So thanks for the uh, the in there, Alex. And speaking of Stu, the final question this week goes to him. Can we have a live HRH appearance once the 1982 are officially relegated? I, I very much would like to see a live performance of that song we need we'll have to, we'll to get to him on won't we definitely uh, if, if you'd like to join us for uh, a, an appearance i i think most of us would be quite happy with that one get on board yeah <laughs> absolutely so i think that's us done for uh, for today's episode obviously we'll be back next weekend when we discuss the arsenal game uh, hoops have we got another one of your uh, stories from the pack coming up this week uh, we have, yeah, um, the next one that, that, that's due is Sean Farrington. So, Sean, um, uh, part of BBC Five Live, BBC mm-hmm. Breakfast, uh, and he's got some stories to tell. So, yeah, um, by all means, I um, hope um, you enjoy that one and, and feel free to dig into the archives of the uh, the other ones that are available as well. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was your illustrious first guest on that uh, series, and I've got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and looking forward to hearing more and more people's opinions and, and stories about how they got into Wolves. 
Yeah, brilliant. We've had, we've had some good feedback. The the latest one out is with Alex Richards as well, um, and he's he's been fantastic. So, yeah, and thank you to Price um, and, and Matt as well, and thanks for everyone um, for listening. And obviously, with there's, there's so much we put out. You know, you mentioned the sort of the film reference, and I think your podcast has been built on the success of the film cast as well. So, we've got a lot of pods out there at the moment, which which is good. All hashtag content, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode. If you could just give us a quick review, uh, five stars generally seems to be the way forward. Um, that would be awesome. So let's just enter it with our quick goodbyes. Uh, Jordan, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Pricey? <laughs> goodbye. Hoops? Bye. And it's goodbye from me as well. We'll see you down the road. Trap. Business update. After a difficult year, experts are optimistic a recovery is imminent with key indicators improving. And yet, men everywhere continue to dress as if they just rolled out of bed. The economy is ready to bounce back. Are you? At Charles Tirrett, we have the high quality shirts and smart menswear to get you back to your best. Try our introductory offer with three shirts for only $99, delivered free. Use code POD99 at ctshirts.com or any Charles Tirrett store. (laughs) 